It's time to open your mind and expand your empire. You're listening to The Ted Huff Show. Join in for stories that embrace imperfections and become the inspiration you need to achieve true greatness in your life through actionable progress in the pursuit of self-discovery, self-improvement, and self-purpose. Where will your story take you? Now let's get it started with the man himself, your host, Ted Huff. Welcome to the Ted Huff Show. Today's guest generated significant financial wealth and then one day found himself laying in bed spiritually bankrupt. His amazing comeback includes becoming the CEO of Sports One Marketing, a three-time international best-selling author, a top 100 business coach, the executive producer of Entrepreneur's Elevator Pitch, and the host of a top entrepreneur podcast called The Playbook. More importantly, he has been recognized by Variety Magazine as their Sports Humanitarian of the Year and awarded the Ellis Island Medal of Honor. He's now on a mission to help one billion people, yes, I said one billion people, become happy. Please welcome David Meltzer. What I want to do is I want to kind of give people a little bit of background. You, you come from very humble beginnings. And what I would like to have everybody understand is how did that influence where you are today? It's interesting because I humble not just in the effect of monetary gain, right? I grew up with a single mom and six kids. That's very humble. But I didn't realize that I grew up in humble beginnings that my mom understood radical humility, that my mom had true character. She had personality traits that were ones to empower her children to be successful. Because of the financial humbleness in which I grew up with, I had an unwavering desire to be rich. And the only reason I wanted to be rich was I wanted to buy my mom a house and a car. And I wanted to buy her a house and a car because I actually grew up happy because I had a humble mom who was empowering me and teaching me to learn the lessons that life had given us and keep a positive attitude. But I didn't realize that money didn't buy happiness. And I, when I was young, I remember thinking, gosh, the only time I'm not happy is when my mom's crying because of some financial difficulty. The car broke down. I'm sure most of the people out there have experienced some sort of sadness in their life, frustrations, anxiety, separation, because they don't have enough money for something, no matter who you are. And so for me, I instantly at five years old equated, I'm going to make a lot of money so I can buy my mom a house and a car, and then I'll always be happy. And that's the journey that I took at a young age. So that actually brings me to the other question that I wanted to ask was, you know, you've been very public. And, and one of the things that I love about your message is how vulnerable you are with, with everything that has happened. Because a lot of people try and hide all the things that haven't gone their way. So what would you say is a, a major breaking point for you and, and I know you've, you've got one really big one, the bankruptcy that happened, yeah. but what's another one and what, how did you get through it? And then the big thing that I've heard you say also is it, to let go of it. How did you let go of it? I still think the hardest thing is understanding that I have an unconscious competency uh, to manipulate, to lie, to oversell, back-end sell. It comes with the born salesman side of you. Right. Um, and so, you know, learning that I hated my father because he was just like me. All the things I hated about him were my traits and that these are ego-based things that I have to deal with and 
build on for my potential to live to the truth. And so to be vulnerable is to be invulnerable. And I remember talking to one of my mentors in the digital media space, Gary Vaynerchuk, and Gary V said as the first time, man, you know, that's cool that you talk about your bankruptcy. And most people would, you know, they say that's courageous. He goes, but you and I know that you're just the tip of the iceberg of what the truth is. And you'll see when you get more comfortable that you're able to tell people about all the different ego-based consciousness issues that you have so they feel comfortable. And in the end, what I learned from Gary is that by being vulnerable, the closest that we get to the truth, we become invulnerable. It's when we're not vulnerable. So, so the closer we get to the truth, the more protected we become. Yeah, and the, we're totally invulnerable because there's nothing anybody can say because we're comfortable with our truth. Where you're totally vulnerable is when you're overselling, backend selling, lying, manipulating people I by hiding them. What is the truth? And so when people, that's where we lose. We create void shortages, obstacles, resistance. We're putting faith into the wrong thing. When you put faith into the truth that number one, I'm accountable for everything that I have in my life. I've attracted to myself and I'm going to learn from it. I forgive myself so I can forgive you. And I am grateful for everything that I've attracted. I'm an appreciator. I literally am so thankful, but add value to everything I received including the bankruptcy, including being a manipulator, including you know mistakes or lessons that I've learned. Once you call a mistake a lesson, you've turned it into a miracle. Think about okay. that. You're only here to receive lessons and you're gonna keep on getting the same lesson until you learn it. Oh yeah, and, I've felt that many times over. And so that's yeah. how we expand. One of the things that, that I struggle with, um, and part of the purpose of this show is really for me to learn lessons and to be able to share that with others. So, so they don't have to go through it as well. Right. Right. right? right. Exactly. So when you're feeling overwhelmed or frustrated, or you've just lost focus of your mission, what is something that you do to just write the ship? Great question. In my original book, Connected to Goodness, I called it Cancel, Clear, and Connect. Mm -hmm. I have a new analogy that fits even better. I believe that we're in the ego-based consciousness of fear, anxiety, frustration, separateness, loneliness, all the different things that exist in the ego-based consciousness. Our brain, our bodies, our souls are on fire. And so what do we do when we're on fire? We stop, we drop, and we roll. Right? And I want people to think about when I am aware that I'm in the ego, that I'm in anger, frustration, anxiety, doubt, whatever it may be, it's time to stop, time to go back to center and roll towards your potential. Don't continue oh, to that. accelerate. Because what happens is you're on fire. And what happens with you anger? You want to go faster? Yeah. You put gas on it. Right? We accelerate. It's like putting you know, kerosene. Right. Anger is kerosene to a fire. Not me anymore. I see how quickly can I stop, drop, and roll. I think about what they taught me as a kid. You catch on fire, stop, drop, and roll. So I think about ego-based consciousness as being on fire. Anxiety is fire. Fear is fire, right? And fear is not a motivator, everybody out there. You told me to look at the camera when I give a lesson. Fear is the biggest depreciator, soul-sucking thing. People tell me I'm motivated by fear. What fear does is focuses you. Like, I want you to understand, fear is an innate part of our ego, and it focuses us, and that focus is mistaken for inspiration. But what we need to do is find an, a truth consciousness of how we get focus. And the way, and what I believe, the truth consciousness of focus is through consistent, everyday, persistent, without quit 
pursuit of the truth. So if you can create consistent, persistent habits, the problem is, is that the ego keeps fighting us to be consistent. Right. And so I believe consistency is the hardest thing we can do. I tell people all the time, you can't even say thank you before you go to bed and when you wake up. I challenge people all the time. Say thank you for 30 straight days. 30 straight days when you go to bed and when you wake up, and I personally will give you a free month of coaching. People are like, Dave, millions of people listen to you. Right? I'm like, I'm at David Meltzer. But here's the thing. By tonight, anyone listening to this, half the people won't say thank you. By the next morning, another half. Within three days, almost everybody won't say thank you. Right. It's extraordinary. So I myself was on stage for nine months telling people you can change your life by saying thank you, meaning be consistent in the most positive way. Mm-hmm. And it took me nine months till I could do 30 straight days. 29, mm-hmm. 28, half a day, right? That's how much in my own way I am. I know the lessons are gonna keep coming, but I learned two valuable lessons so far. One, every lesson I've learned, I'm gonna forget at one time or another. Oh. So I have to accept it. You know, I didn't even think about it that way. Is it- the easiest ones. Easiest ones, you're gonna forget one way or another. Sometime you're gonna forget it. But here's where the power comes in that really liberated me with more inspiration is when I realized, one, forgive myself for forgetting the lessons I've learned. Forgive myself because... That's so hard though. Oh yeah, it's really hard. But even harder is to know that I have the power to remember and access any lesson anytime I want. How cool is that? That I have the power to access and remember any lesson anytime I want. So I can forgive myself for forgetting to be thankful or holding a door open or picking up trash or not getting mad or not feeling jealous or angry or guilty or resentful or offended or separate or inferior or superior or right. All of those things happen every day. In fact, people ask me, you know, my mission is to empower a billion people on earth to be happy. And this is, so that's your life's wish. Is that your goal? I said, no, I have a simpler one that would be a lot easier than me empowering a thousand to empower a thousand to empower a thousand. It's, I would like to create medically the first egoectomy. Imagine what the world would be oh, like. Wow. I wouldn't have to worry about empowering anyone. Imagine if you had no ego. I would have to, in the egoectomy, also provide a substitute for focus. <laughs> but True, besides yeah. focus, there's no purpose for fear-based logic or conscious thought. All it does is separate us, create resistance, void shortages and obstacles. It makes so many things so hard. It puts us on the wrong trajectory and then we accelerate with the kerosene right. into the wrong direction. Then it takes us sometimes years to get back to our potential. Well, and that's interesting you bring that up because one of the things that, as you're saying this, I'm going in, I'm like going, that is a place where communication struggles is that ego side of it because you're always scared or fearful of the reaction of somebody else. Well, I shouldn't say always, but a lot of times you don't say something or you say something to invoke an emotion of somebody else. And if you're not in the ego space, it's very difficult, if not impossible, to invoke a negative emotion from somebody else. Absolutely, because we're one. Communication, commune, it means one, right? And so what are we trying to do? They can't, you can't give what you don't have. And if you have, I always say defenselessness is the the greatest of all defenses, right? If you are completely defenseless, no one's going to mess with you. It's the attacking thoughts, the attacking behaviors, the attacking words, the, the, the scarcity itself that brings more of it upon you. But if you truly can get to a defenseless state where you don't feel the conditions or judgments that you're, the illusions that you've put upon yourself when looking at others, most people's lives, the biggest 
uh, disappointments, the busiest frustrations in their lives. They're trying to manifest what other people want for them. And then when they're actually able to manifest it, they resent the people for it. We want, right? If you can just, why? Be, because we literally are afraid to get to, we, we are afraid to receive what we want because we think of three different worlds. One, we're living in a world of not enough. We're victims. Right? That's the worst world you can live in. A lot of people, even if you have a lot financially, they live in a world of not enough. There's always more. They, they're never happy. Mm-hmm. Then there's the optimist world of living in the world of just enough. Right? And entrepreneurs live here all the time. If I just had this, if I just had this, my first million. Dude, I, I do that every day. It was like, uh, I said, be preparing for this. It's like, if I just had this other piece of equipment, it would make it so much easier. Right. <laughs> that, the world, I lived in that world. And I was an optimist, though. I would tell, because, you know, everything happens to somebody in the world of not enough. But people like us, things happen for us. Right? Even though we're living in a world of just enough, it's like, yeah, but everything will work out. Everything comes in the right way at the perfect time. Right. It's all for me. Here's what's interesting, because I was able to manifest such great abundance for myself Mm -hmm. and put myself into overflow where I was empty, shallow, purposeless, in in a state of, wow, overwhelmingly non-receiving because there was too much for me. And too much is just as bad as not enough. Then I learned about the most valuable world that I live in, the world of more than enough, more than enough. I mean, there's definitely too much and more than enough. There's more than enough of everything for everyone. I learned that I'm truly in gratitude. I'm an appreciator. Everything comes to me and I say thank you. Then my duty, responsibility of expansion and acceleration is to be thankful and add value to it, to give it away. Where my true growth- So that's where the through you comes from. Exactly, people who live in enough. And that motivates me, it inspires me, it allows me to get to a truth consciousness that yes, I want more so I can help more. I can inspire more, I can elevate more, I can create more light on earth. Instead of four or two, I live in through. That is awesome. No, and I love that explanation because I've, I've heard you say through me so many times. And I've always wondered, like, what? I've, I've never heard an explanation to the way you just gave it. And yeah. now it thir- thoroughly makes sense. I think that's another point of communication that's so important because you can only be aware of that which vibrates to you. And if you read the same text again and again, you'll discover more and more things. You listen to me again and again, you discover more things. I think it's so important because there's three types of processing. And we have to be very conscious of it because if we're going to communicate, commune, be one, Mm -hmm. we have to realize that a lot of people, because of their awareness, they are what I I call interrupters. And, And you saw them in there. Right? I'm on stage speaking, same exact speech, but all they're thinking in their head is, I want to tell him this. I want to tell him this. They're not listening at all. They just want to interrupt me and tell me something. Then you have people that are waiters. And what are they doing? They're listening, but in their head, they're just in their head saying, I can't wait to tell him this. I'll let him finish, but I can't wait to tell him this. Then you have the throughness, right? This, This processing of, oh, I'm appreciating what he's saying. It's coming through me, right? And I'm going to add something to what he's taught me, the lessons, and give it back to him. We're now, you see how that's connected that I keep going? And that's actually what they saw on camera is one of the first times for you that you allowed the idea of coming through you to actually come through you. And now I could see the light go on in your head going, oh, that's it. Now that you have the understanding, you're going to add your value to it. 
your lineage of experience in, in conscious and subconscious and unconscious competencies that you have, and you're going to give it away. You're going to start empowering people. Before this moment, you were incapable of empowering something else because it wasn't there yet. You hadn't raised your awareness or your vibration to it. Now you can allow it to come through you to others. Awesome. Now you're one of my 1,000, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> With us being here at, at uh, Think and Grow Rich World Tour, I've heard you say that that is your number one book. Yeah. Multiple times. Yeah. But I want to change it up just a little bit. And I want to understand what is it about that book that makes it your number one book that has changed your life? So not only is it my number one book, but I get the Napoleon Hill messages, Think and Grow messages every day. Every Friday and every day. <laughs> yeah, yep. exactly. Um, because you need consistent behavior, because the ego is always there for me, because I'm going to forget every lesson that I learned in Think and Grow Rich, because I'm a changing and evolving being, that the words mean something different to me, that I believe Napoleon Hill, when he wrote that, from Carnegie Mellon inspiring him to in interview the greatest minds on earth, that... I have the ability to raise my awareness to learn exactly one thing that I think determines how successful we can be, and that's human nature. I study history, I study Think and Grow Rich because I want to understand human nature. And that, that may sound funny in the respect of you know this humanitarian effort I have to make everybody happy, but let me take it to the other level. One, through the study of Napoleon Hill and Think and Grow Rich, I know I live at this vibration. I know I live at this vibration with the currency of money. I know that money allows me to shop, and if I shop for the, things, the right things, it's going to make me happy. But that's a lot of different things. Well, I can leverage the situational knowledge of the greatest minds way back when mm -hmm. and find those quality traits, experiences that still apply today to elevate me, to elevate others to truly enhance what I'm doing. It's an extraordinary text. So the Course in Miracles, Think and Grow Rich, are things that I read every single day and they change on me. I, I see the same lesson today about management and leadership and the difference between management and leadership. That was written almost 100 years ago and I sent it over to one of my managers because it meant something different to me and I thought it would mean something different to him. But I've learned that lesson before. I forgot it, now I reaccessed it. I like to leave the guests and the viewers with three tactics. And I know you've hit on lots of great things so far today, but I wanna leave them with three tactics that they could do as soon as they're done here that will move them closer to opening their mind and expanding their empire, whether it be in life, business, relationships, whatever it might be that they need right now. What are three things that they could do? Number one, say thank you before you go to bed and when you wake up, okay? Two, be a student of your calendar. Understand clarity, balance, and focus. Understand that we need to study every day what we're doing in person, on the phone, via email, and media, radio, print, TV, and social media. We need to study the blank spaces in our calendar. We need to study our sleep space in the calendar. We need to study our calendar with the lens of productivity meaning how much value am I gonna provide with all of that man-made constructive time, the activity I get paid for, the activity I don't get paid for, also the accessibility in that lens. How accessible am I to others to allow things to come through me? And two, what am I accessing to allow that to come through me? So if, number two is be a student of your calendar, study it every single day with a lens of productivity and accessibility. And then finally, number three, 
pragmatically two questions you need to ask as much as possible. One, how can I provide value to you? How can I be of service? How can I help you? It can be as simple as how can I help you opening the door, walking someone across the street, picking up trash, or how can I help you develop a business plan? It doesn't matter. Or with World Peace or help me be one of the thousands to impact a thousand people to impact a thousand people to be happy. But the more challenging question, just like saying thank you, the more challenging question is you have to ask every day as many people as you can do you know anyone that can help me? You have to live in allowance, live in the world of more than enough, be able to receive so that you can appreciate it and give it more to other people. And the only way to do that is to ask as many times, as many people, do you know anyone that can help me? This is what I need. And know that each person on average today has at least a thousand people in his network. So every time you do it, every single day, it's 31,000 more people a month in your network. Extraordinary numbers. You do it four times, it's 124,000. You do it eight times, it's 204. Right? It goes, that's, you've never had the capabilities. The awareness and vibration of the earth has grown so much. You've never been able to reach that many people simply by asking two questions every day. Thousands of people will help you. Yeah, that's one that I struggle with is asking for help. Me too. Still, I'd leave, I'll leave here going, why didn't I do more research to ask him, you know, do you know one that could help me? You know, I, you knew so-and-so to get on my podcast or just somebody that you can help me be, you know, with my junior achievement university or with my chair, whatever it might be. And I lose it all the time. But meanwhile, I have these opportunities and, you know, I guarantee you know at least a thousand people in your network. Yeah, somewhere around that. Yeah. yeah so yeah. it would be pretty powerful. I had to ask. So before we let everybody go, um, obviously, great places to reach you is, is your website, which is DMelter. Yeah, first initial, last name. And then you've got LinkedIn and Instagram. YouTube. YouTube. I mean. David it, Meltzer. It, guy it, yeah, you just do a Google search for David Meltzer. You, yeah. It, Don't do Dave Meltzer anymore. There's a wrestling guy. that it, <laughs> he, We're both in sports. They get us confused. So I'm sticking to David Meltzer, LinkedIn, YouTube, Instagram. And I'm working on getting DavidMeltzer.com. But right now I got DMeltzer.com. I'm negotiating getting that one. So, and then before we shut everything down and we turn off the lights and the cameras and everything, is there anything that you want people to know that we have not already talked about? Yeah, the last thing is real simple. Be kind to your future self. I can't reiterate this. I tell my kids all the time, kindness is the cure. You don't have to be right, just be kind. If you can just put yourself into this perspective that I'm kind to my future self, and how do we do that? Do good deeds. Smile at people, hug them, ask to be of service, ask for help. If you are kind, this world will change one person at a time. Fantastic. David, I am honored to be able to do this and I really appreciate you taking time out. I know things have been crazy, but I super appreciate it. I appreciate your patience and appreciate you, so thank you. Thanks again. Thanks, Dave. Awesome. That's it for this episode of The Ted Huff Show. But we know you're wondering where you go from here. TedHuff.com makes it easy for you to get notifications for new episodes, specialized contests, exclusive giveaways, and upcoming events simply by signing up for our mailing list. You'll get access to all this and more by visiting TedHuff.com. That's T-E-D-D-H-U-F-F.com. Until next time, open your mind and expand your empire right here on The Ted Huff Show.